You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, brothers and sisters of the Metro LA region of the LA Church. It's great to have you join us tonight for our midweek service. Uh, I'm excited to have an opportunity to really share some time and share some thoughts with you tonight. And uh, first of all, I want to welcome you, all of you, to our midweek, as well as many families and friends who are joining us from around the world, around the states, as well as around the world. Again, welcome, and I'm so excited that you're joining us tonight. My name is Bob Henley, and uh, I'm at the Metro Vision Studios tonight, and we are live. And so what an exciting time, and I look forward to really uh, tonight spending some time together as a family, as we really have a family chat, uh, have a family talk, as well as I will be able tonight to provide an update with our newly formed diversity team in the region. And so uh, hopefully tonight you'll get a lot from the presentation, and I'm faithful that God will bless it. Uh, so with that, why don't we start with a prayer? Why don't you bow with me? God in heaven, thank you so much for being a dad to us, Father. Father, thank you for being such a loving God. God, we're faithful and we know that you will provide us victories in everything that we encounter. God, we know that you are all powerful. God, we know that you're so compassionate, that you're gracious. God, that you do not hold our sins and shortcomings against us. God, I prayer tonight that as a family, we can talk about subjects, fathers, that are not easy to talk about. But God, we realize that you are still in control. God, it never ceases to amaze me that as true believers, when we stop and bow our heads, close our eyes and open our mouths, there you are. Father, we're grateful for tonight. Thank you for being here with us. Please use me as a vessel to really convey some thoughts, God, to the family members tonight. God, we love you. Send your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I am so grateful, uh, family, to be in a ministry uh, and have the full support uh, of the top leadership of Robert and Michelle, of Doug and Joanne, and Reese and Grace. And, and for them, allow me the opportunity to really uh, speak to the fellowship tonight. And I have this forum. You know, it's been so encouraging uh, to have full backing of them. And, you know, you guys, I'll be honest with you, that's not a giving throughout the kingdom, throughout our fellowship of churches. And so I wanted to start off by simply thanking those brothers and sisters for allowing this to take place tonight. And, uh, you know, simply put, they get it. And uh, I look forward to experiencing many more victories uh, with their leadership and, of course, the leadership of our Father in heaven. You know, so much is happening in the world around us. You know, my continuous prayer, family, is that we become intentional in going after making progress and growth in the areas of racism, in the area of prejudices, and in the area of bias. You know, we're a family here in Metro LA. A lot of us have been in this ministry for 10, 15, 20, 
25 years. You know, I know for Renita and I, we consider this home. Even when we transition to another church, another region in the Los Angeles church, man, we couldn't wait to get back home to be with all of you. And so I do believe for such a time as this, God has brought us back home to really so we as a family can tackle these issues of the day. You know, we're all striving in Metro LA to understand and to bear with one another in love. And you know, family, that should really be the norm in any spiritual community. And so in Metro LA, that's what we're striving to do, to bear with one another in love, to truly love one another as we continue to become more and more like, like Christ. You know, that's the one thing that really attracted me to the church over 30 years when I first came out. When I came out and had my first experience coming to church in Chicago and looking at the fellowship and seeing brothers and sisters from all backgrounds, all nationalities, and truly they were loving one another. You know, that impacted me and brought me to the foot of a cross where I studied the Bible. And three days later, yes, I said three days later, I was converted and baptized in a Chicago church. You know, hopefully all of us tonight understand what we're facing, not only as a church community, but in the world. And we understand these issues are really not a black and white issue. Although race plays a huge role in where we find ourselves today. But it's not a black and white issue. It's a right and wrong issue. And what's right is right, and what's wrong will never be right. You know, family, it's a problem that we got to deal with. It's not a perception. A lot of people uh, that I've talked, spoken with at, you know, at my job in different settings, they say, hey, you know, you know, I understand it might be, you know, some prejudice in the world and racism, but a lot of it is just perception, your background. I'm here to tell you tonight, family, that it's not a perception. It's a problem that we have to come face to face and deal with in, in, in our lives. You know, for those people that see it as just a perception, you know, if you're in that class tonight, you know, I want to gently encourage you to really get into a form where you can really get educated where you can really share your true heart, where you can really get get help in terms of resources to really understand the big picture that's out there. You know, it's a problem. It's not, you know, a perception. You know, and as of lately, I heard the whole analogy about, man, it's a pandemic that's going on. You know, some have called the racial unrest that we all have witnessed recently uh, a pandemic And, uh, you know, honestly, the comparison is appropriate, except for this. You know, the problem, this problem that we face has not developed over the last few months. This issue of racism and prejudices and biases has been with us for over centuries. And as much as so many people have tried to address it and make progress, man, here we are tonight in the world that we live in, dealing with this problem 
and looking at it face to face. It's not a pandemic. It's much more a pattern that we've seen throughout the years. You know, family, uh, nowadays with everything that's going on, uh, I always look for examples where my soul can be encouraged because, you know, dealing with these issues can become very heavy and they can wear you down. And so one of the most encouraging things as of lately that I've witnessed was super encouraged by the baptism of our dear brother, Carlos, uh, which was down in the former downtown ministry. Now, Carlos is the dad of Tim and Maria McDonald. Our brother Carlos is a seasoned young man of 89 years. He's of Latin descent, and he's seen a lot throughout his 89 years. Just imagine the different things that he's seen in 89 years on this earth. Well, this past Sunday for Father's Day, Carlos got baptized. And, you know, it was encouraging just to see him go down in the waters of baptisms and come up. And I had the honor of really leading one of the studies with Carlos. And it was very evident early on that the spirit was moving in his life. It was evident that he was getting not only the scriptures, but he was being impacted by them. That was so encouraging for me. You know, one of the most paramount moments with, with Carlos was simply it came from last week's midweek when our elder, Doug Weber, shared about healing and rebuilding. And so when that was over with our midweek, Carlos was asked, man, what is your takeaway? What do you take away from what you heard Doug, you know, speak about at midweek? From what I understand, Carlos simply stopped, looked straight up, and said very boldly, racism is not right. And, you know, I must agree wholeheartedly with Carlos. Racism is not right. See, Carlos gets it, family. 89 years on this earth, can you imagine the things that he's had to experience in his life? But for him at this age, not only to say Jesus is Lord, which is awesome, that should fire you up and give you hope for your parents and your aunties and your uncles. But along with that, for him to get it and say, you know what? I want to be a part of the solution because this is not right. That really has fired me up, family. You know, uh, Dr. Tony Evans, he's an evangelical pastor. Uh, one of the most well-respected uh, leaders uh, in the religious uh, arena. Uh, he's a, a, a pastor, a teacher, a author. He's been a guest speaker all over. He's African-American. And uh, I've read or seen a video where he made an analogy regarding race relations, which has personally hit me and has stuck to my bones. And his analogy was simply that when you have unaddressed prejudices and you marry that to anyone in a position of power, that leads to an unattended pregnancy that gives birth to an evil baby called racism. I want you to stop and think about that for a moment. 
He said, when you have unaddressed prejudices, if you and I have not taken the time to deal with prejudice that we have, maybe when we were brought up, different biases, if we haven't taken time to deal with those, and you marry that to anyone in power or position of authority or influence, then that leads to an unintended pregnancy, which has consequences, which gives birth to a baby called racism. I don't know about you guys, but man, that really brought it home with me when I heard him say that. That is so true. All of us need to be in an arena where we can really deal face to face when any prejudices, any shortcomings, any uh, racism that we have inside, and maybe we're blinded by it. Maybe we're blinded and we don't see it. That's where as a fellowship of believers, we've got to trust each other enough to really open up and be vulnerable and be honest about where we at so that we can make progress in this area. You know, I know maybe some of you are sitting here listening, you know, to uh, the presentation, the first part of my presentation. And I don't know, maybe you're, you're struggling a little bit to hear some of these things. Because uh, maybe you're feeling like, you know, there's been a continuous focus, you know, on this race relation thing, on this racism thing. I mean, it's been four or five, six weeks back that we've been taking midweeks. And Robert has been, you know, addressing it on Sunday services. Wow. Can we just maybe move forward? You know, if you fall into that category, I want to propose three questions to you that hopefully you can put some deep thought into, which will free you up and allow you to see uh, these situations in a much clearer manner. Matter of fact, I would encourage you to even write these down and journalize these. And once you answer them, man, go to someone who you trust, you value their opinion, and really open up to them with your answers so that they can help. But those three questions I want to table are simply this. The first one is, what are you worried about? What worries you about the current state, not only the world, but even what's going on in our family, in the church? What are you worried about? Where you feel like, man, I've got to, we've got to, you know, get past this. Man, I'll be happy when we proceed and and move on to the next hot topic item. What are you worried about? Second question I want you to answer truly is simply, what frustrates you about the current situation? What are you frustrated about, about the current situation? Not only what worries you, but what is frustrating to you in the arena that we sit in right now? And thirdly, what are you afraid of? I mean, discussions, having fruitful talks, you know, really sitting in uh, circles and dynamics where we can be real and get help. Uh, We have uh, so many brothers and sisters right here in Metro LA that have been trained in race and relations, that have been trained in diversity, that are well-equipped from an academic discipline standpoint that can really help you and help us 
if we truly want to go after identifying these issues and making progress. But what are you afraid of? So those are the three questions that I would encourage you to really answer honestly and be open and then reach out to someone that can really help guide you with your answers. You know, um, I tell you, God is blessing uh, the region. He's blessing our efforts with this newly formed diversity team called the squad in so many ways. I've been blown away. It's so much more about, you know, everyone coming together as a collective unit. You know, we are one family. Amen. But uh, it has been so encouraging just to see God move powerfully in getting this diversity team, the squad, up and running. And so what I have done is really put together a progress report that uh, I have a a PowerPoint that I want to really just go through tonight because I want to share some of that progress with you. You know, I got to be honest with you, family. You know, Satan is always at work. And uh, I heard it once said many times that, man, we make plans and God just look at that and laugh. And, you know, he, he, he really points us in the directions that he desires for us to go. And so even with the presentation tonight, with my PowerPoint, you know, originally I had desire to show a video uh, in this PowerPoint. But after much uh, consultation with uh Turnwall, as well as Reese, we wanted to make sure that we were above reproach in regards to the copyright uh, factor. We wanted to make sure that we're being righteous in everything we do as a church. So at the end of the day, the call was made. You know what? We need to err on the side of, okay, we, we shouldn't show that because we're not completely positive that, okay, something would happen in, in terms of, you know, YouTube saying, okay, we're going to shut you down. You know, that's a violation. And so when I got that call today, I got to be honest, I was a little bummed out because I really wanted everyone to see that video. Uh, You can still actually go on your own to YouTube. Uh, The video is entitled Deconstructing White Privilege, and it's by a young lady by the name of Dr. Robin D'Angelo, Dr. Robin D'Angelo. And so I want to encourage you to go uh, to YouTube and just put that information in and really just, uh, you know, listen to that video. It has some discussion questions afterwards as well. But again, God stepped in and said, hey, let's go a different direction. And I'm very faithful and I'm convicted that when God speaks, I listen. And so unfortunately, we will not be seeing a video tonight. Uh, but we do still have the slides that we can go through and give an update. And we still have some questions that I want to give to you towards the end where we can use these questions for dialogue in our faith groups tonight as we have discussions. And so God is awesome. He's amazing. He's never wrong. And so let's proceed with our slide presentation. And so uh, when I thought about uh, what to say and how to go about this presentation, I really thought about where do we go from here? And so that's the title of the slide, the presentation. Where do we go from here? It's a family talk and a progress report from the Metro LA squad team. 
Many of you guys are aware, but I'll just say it just to make sure everyone knows. SQUAD simply stands for the Social, Cultural, Unity, and Diversity Team, the SQUAD. And so let's get into the slides. Okay, Proverbs 89, verse 1 reads, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. You know, this is scripture addresses how righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. It's kind of like the twin towers of God's throne. Righteousness and justice. And so any situations where there's not righteousness occurring or there's injustice occurring, then we've got to have convictions as a fellowship of believers that God is not happy with that. You know, as a body of believers, we need to begin to speak and continue to speak to the ills and the injustices in our world today. And we must act, A-C-T now. Act stands for we got to acknowledge, we have to confront, and we have to be willing to be transformed. We have to act now. Again, silence from the pulpit is no longer acceptable. I really could have said silence from, you know, any spiritual communities at this time is no longer acceptable. We got to speak out. We've got to do something to bring progress about. You know, Ephesians 2, verse 14 reads, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with his commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. You know, my ultimate goal and just personally is that, man, we can all remain reconciled, no matter what your background, to the cross. That we all can remain, as the scripture talks about, man, we might come from different backgrounds, but we can remain one as a family throughout this time, not only in, in, in the church, but in history. Do you guys realize that? You're really a part of history right now. See, because there's, there, there's been, there was a perfect combination of this public health crisis, COVID-19. And that shut everything down. Everyone's at home looking at the TV. And then along comes this this social injustice that had occurred, this murder in Minneapolis. And because everyone was at home and witnessed and seen that on TV because of, you know, COVID-19, it was a perfect intersection to where we find ourselves tonight. We've got to stand up and we've got to do what's right to address these issues, family. I pray that you're with me. What's the purpose of the squad? What's the purpose of the social, cultural, 
Unity and Diversity Team. Well, the squad is a spiritual team tasked to advise the leadership of the local church. The advice would be in methods and strategies on how to navigate spiritually through current issues that affect our congregation and our community, such as cultural, racial, and diversity issues. The squad may also plan and organize cultural, racial, diversity events to promote unity. At the direction of the church leadership, the squad may train small group leaders and provide resources in the church and for the church in areas of culture, of race, and diversity. And finally, the squad partners with church leadership to bring awareness to and address the diverse needs within our church. So I know a lot of you might have been thinking, man, I've been hearing about this squad. I've been hearing about this diversity team. Man, man, what is the purpose? Well, there you are. That's the purpose of the squad. And so um, right quick, I want to share a story with you guys before we go to the next slide. Uh, I was recently on a ICLC level call, their squad. So ICLC, the Fellowship of Churches, uh, has a diversity team. Uh, which really helps out all the churches in the fellowship. So yesterday we had a call and on that call, Michael Burns sits. Michael Burns is a teacher in the kingdom. Uh, he's a Caucasian brother married to an African American sister. Uh, he wrote the book Crossing the Line, which is dealing with race and relations. And so if you have not read that book, I would strongly recommend that. But he was on a call and the question was, was asked and tabled towards him in regards to, man, you guys in Minneapolis are at ground zero. That is where all this took place with Michael Floyd. How did the church respond? And what was the difference because the church was able to set up a squad months ago, as well as teaching the church uh, months ago since he's been there? Man, what did you see? How has it benefited, you know, that the church during this time? Again, it was ground zero. It's where it had happened. And so he really shared. He said, man, one of the major things that was due to all their hard work and all of the planning and all of the resources that was pulled together and all of the meetings and forms that they had prior to the Michael Floyd situation. He said, one of the things that it helped the church do is not be reactionary. He said, we, you know, when this happened, it was terrible. You know, they lamented in the church, a lot of tears. They felt so many feelings. But he said, because the work was put in prior, the church was at a point where they didn't go from one extreme to the next. They knew they needed to stay the course and, and set up additional forms. He said that, man, they went out to the site where uh, uh, George Floyd was murdered. Uh, they had an opportunity to pray there as a group uh, at that site. Obviously, they went and helped cleaned up from the uh, unrest. Uh, and he was just like, he really believes that, again, the time that was put into, you know, setting up the squad and allowing the squad to function in their congregation was definitely truly beneficial when the rubber met the road and they really had to address some issues uh, from the incident that happened. So I don't know about you, but that fires me up. That really drives me even more so.
that we need to continue to push through and really finish setting up this squad. We are about 90 to 95% way there. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back from a couple more brothers and sisters uh, in terms of if they're willing to, to serve on a committee. Uh, we're going to have a little bit larger than normal committee. Uh, but uh, from my conversation with the chairman of the ICLC squad, you know, he said every squad really is different based on the church's needs. And so I think at this time, you know, our squad needs to be a little bit bigger because, as I'm going to explain a little bit later, we're going to break it down to subcommittees. And that's where the real work is going to take place. Amen. Let's continue. So the diversity team, the squads, what's, what's the immediate needs? And uh, family, you know, we're family here. You know, you know me. We've, you've seen me so many times. I'm a sweater. So I know I got sweat rolling down. I'm under the lights. We're live. And so, uh, amen. I'm, re- I realize that. But, uh, diversity team immediate goals are as follows. We want to listen. We want to educate. We want to engage, we want to unite, and we want to model. That's the immediate goal. But the ultimate goal for this squad, for this team, is oneness in Jesus. Let me say that again. The ultimate goal for why we're going to do what we're doing is so that we will be one in Jesus. Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. You know, I talked about earlier, the diversity team would be divided into four different subcommittees. And again, the subcommittees are really uh, going to be places where you're going to have a lead and then you're going to have different brothers and sisters from the squad on that committee. And the vision is for that committee to be tasked with different things. And then they come back with a report and the whole committee would then hear their report and we would chime in on it. And uh, once we agree on it, then that's what, where it would be presented to the leadership of the church to move forward. But the four committees thus far, and again, bear with me, the names might change. But uh, as of right now, these are the names of the four subcommittees. One committee would be the community outreach event planning. And uh, honestly, this committee <laughs> would be the committee that's going to hit the ground running. Because a little bit later, I'm going to share uh, an event that Metro LA has been uh, invited to. Uh, but again, this committee will deal with planning of any sorts of events, getting the venues, uh, what's the purpose of what we're doing. Uh, and so this committee, again, will be initially the committee that's going to be up and running very quickly because we've got a lot of ideas with connecting with the community, setting up different discussion groups and really getting progress that way. The next committee would be the Training, Curriculum, Resources, and Writers Committee. As I spoke about earlier, we have a plethora of brothers and sisters in the region that are well-educated in race and relations. And uh, those are the brothers and sisters that will sit on this committee. And uh, this committee will be providing resources from an educational standpoint, uh, exercises, a different series that as a fellowship, as a church, we can get involved in. But again, that would be a subcommittee within themselves, training, curriculum, resources, and writers. The next committee would be the legal and legislation, legislation, excuse me, uh, committee. 
this committee would be the one that we are not getting into telling brothers and sisters who to vote for or whether to vote Democratic or Republican. We, that's just not the role of the church. My vision for this subcommittee is this. When we have elections and we have different things on the ballots, whether it's initiatives or whatever, this committee would be the ones that would break that down into plain English and tell us, hey, if you guys are voting yes for this, this is what you're saying. If you're voting no, this is what you're saying. And so, again, this committee will provide that type of leadership. In addition, under this subcommittee will be the whole issue of police brutality. And so even to this point, we have started to discuss uh, really putting together a forum uh, with some chief of police that we have relationships with, as well as some officers, and to have a moderator. People can come and be in the audience and pass questions to be asked of, of the police departments or the chiefs or individually police. Because again, we want to get into the community and really begin to break down the norm and make progress. That subcommittee will be over projects like that. And then finally, the, the last subcommittee would be the church connectivity leadership development. <clears throat> My vision for this committee would be, uh, it has been tabled recently that, man, should we really consider adding a study to the study series on prejudices and racism and biases? Because doesn't it make sense for us to really, you know, try to help people out before they come into the church with issues that they might have. In situations like that, setting up the studies, you know, putting stuff together, that would be a task, an example for this committee here. So four subcommittees, again, you have the squad as a whole, and then all these four committees, you'll have a lead. And then within those subcommittees, you'll have between four, six, seven brothers and sisters, to really help out and be on that subcommittee. You know, practicals to ensure our discussions are productive tonight. And so, uh, you know, like I said, I have a couple questions tonight that I want to table and I want us to really discuss in our time together as a family. And uh, But I want us to remember these things as we get into our groups and we talk about these subjects. You know, one of the practicals is we got to always provide a safe place for all to share your frustration, your anger, your despair, your lack of understanding. And in that safe place, it's got to be where there's no judgment. It can't be where someone shares something and they're instantly judged on that. How dare you say that? That's not what we're looking at. That's not a safe place. That is not a productive environment. So not only has got to be a safe place for all, it's got to be a spiritual environment. We need to continue to talk as a family to one another, to bear with one another, to understand versus being understood. That's a key point. You need to try. We need to try to understand each other versus trying to be understood. When you're trying to be understood, you want to take over the conversation you want to be heard. You are not humble. You're not interested in what that other person says. While they're speaking, you have your mind made up of, of your thoughts of what you're going to come back with. We want to get away from that mindset, brothers and sisters. We want to have a spiritual environment where we're seeking to understand 
versus being understood. And finally, we want to go after having strategic discussions. And uh, a couple weeks back, a sister uh, encouraged us to continue to learn how to lean into our discomfort. These discussions that we've been having and will continue to have, they are not comfortable. But man, we've got to We've got to learn how to lean into the discomfort. We've got to have strategic discussions that has, it's going to lead us to a place and a point, you know, where there can be progress achieved. And so with the questions tonight, prayerfully, those questions will prompt, will lead you to a place where some progress will be achieved. Now, as it is in anything we do in groups, well, we have a collection of people We've got to lay out the groundworks in terms of what is called the no-fly zone. So the no-fly zone is strictly, these are areas where you can approach in these discussions because we know it needs to be safe. We know it needs to be spiritual and we know it needs to be strategic. But in all of that, we got to be careful and make sure we do not approach these zones as we have discussions. Can't have personal agendas. That's not what we're about at this time. So if you're coming in with a personal agenda, repent, because that's not beneficial to no one in that group. That's a no-fly zone. Can be disrespect of any kind of personal attacks in that group. We're just not about that. We're family. We're a family of believers. So we can't go about being disrespectful or personal attacks. That benefits no one. Can be unspiritual thinking or unhealthy confrontation. Healthy confrontation, we can work with that. But unhealthy confrontation, that's a no-fly zone. We've got to work hard to stay away from that. And finally, you know, having an argumentative spirit. You know, I've been in situations, brothers and sisters, where, you know, we've made progress in forums, but, you know, there's one person. Everyone has agreed after two, three hours. Okay, we've coming in for a landing. And all of a sudden, hand goes up again. Well, I don't agree with that because da da da. It's... Amen. No fly zone. We can't we we can't have an argumentative uh, spirit. We've got to have a spirit of seeking to understand each other in these groups and in these forums. Amen. Ephesians four. Verse 2 to 4, and this will be the scripture before I give you guys the questions. But Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 4 reads, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one glorious hope for the future. And I want you guys to think about that moment when you were called, say, Jesus is Lord, and you came out those waters of baptism. And you were so fired up. If you were like me, man, I was ready to conquer the world. Go anywhere, do anything, preach the word for Jesus because I was so grateful for what love that God had shown me in my life and opened my eyes. But I want us to think about that time because we were so fired up to tackle anything. This whole issue, family, of, of, of social injustice, 
and unrest and racism and prejudice and bias. It's going to take that energy that we had. We came out those waters of baptism, fired up to do anything. See, it doesn't matter how old you you are. Excuse me. It doesn't matter how long you've been in God's kingdom. We need everyone collectively to be moving towards the same direction as we strive to continue to be one body and one spirit in God's church. Amen. You know, guys, uh, I have a couple questions that I want to read to you guys. And uh, if you can get ready to jot down some notes, uh, unfortunately, uh, because of I was telling you earlier with the video, uh, that was the second part or after the video. And so I kind of, you know, nixed that off and adjusted some things. And so I'm going to verbally give you a couple questions that I think will be super useful tonight as we have discussions in our groups. And that first question is simply, how does denying the existence of racism and white privilege perpetuate racial inequality, and unequal outcomes. I'll say that again. How does denying the existence of racism and white privilege perpetuate racial inequality and unequal outcomes? That would be the first question I want us to table and talk about tonight. And the second question is, I want us to talk simply about explicit and implicit biases. So I'll give you a definition of the difference between the two. So what are explicit and implicit biases? Implicit biases is something that is unconscious. You don't even know you're doing it. Implicit bias. You don't even know you're doing it. It's something you do unconsciously. An explicit bias is a conscious bias you are aware of. So an explicit bias is something that you do, but you're aware that you're doing it. Implicit, you're doing it, but you're not aware that you're doing it. The difference is implicit bias can transfer, so you're not aware, that can transfer to be an explicit bias when you consciously become aware of your prejudices. And so the second question, what I want you to do is talk about any implicit or explicit biases that you might have in your life personally or where you've experienced and seen in your life. Again, those are the two questions that I want to table. Uh, the goal of the discussions tonight is simply to start talking about these these and having these conversations that are not comfortable. Uh, when you go to YouTube and you look at the video that I mentioned earlier, the video is not comfortable. It's 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 raw, but it's so many real things in there that she addresses. Uh, again, I would encourage you to go to YouTube, Doctor Robin D'Angelo and look at deconstructing white privilege. You know, uh, as well tonight, where do we go from here? 
you know, I know the squad as well as myself, Renita and myself, we're super open to suggestions, ideas uh, that you might say, hey, I think this would be great if the church can consider doing this. And so, again, we're a family. We're one. I want to open it up to everyone. You know, what are we, you know, what can we, what are the next steps from here? Um, and so tonight, as you have your faith groups and you have your discussions and you talk about those two questions that I table, hopefully, prayerfully, there will be positive outcome from your conversations. If the conversations get heated and you encounter any of the no-fly zones, simply shut it down and pray. And once you pray, then you guys can go back in it and go back at it. But let's keep it safe. Let's keep it spiritual. And let's be strategic about our discussions in these groups. Guys, I have a few uh, housekeeping things that I need to address. And um, and so as I sweat, even more so, I'm going to hurry up uh, so I can get from under these lights. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we had a sister congregation in L.A., in the L.A. church. The uh, Turning Point region uh, sent out an invite to Metro L.A. to join them in a rally that they're having this coming Saturday, uh, June 27th at 10 a.m. And it's entitled Lift Every Voice, Black Lives Matter. Again, this rally is taking place this Saturday, the 27th at 10 a.m. Location is the Warner Center Park. Uh, that's in Woodland Hills, California. The address is 5800 Topanga Canyon Road. And so, again, uh, Turning Point reached out to me and just said, hey, if anyone is interested in attending this, let them know that we are having a rally uh, from what I get, from what I understand, they will do their best to uh, practice uh, social distancing, as well as they are, are encouraging everyone who made the decision to go out to the rally to please wear a mask. And so I want to encourage you as well. We are still in the midst of a pandemic. COVID-19 is on the rise again in many locations. And so if you decide to go out uh, to the rally, which is a good thing, uh, just please be careful. As a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Doug Weber sent me uh, a document from the L.A. County Department of Public Health with some very specific directives in regards to if people decide to go to, uh, you know, places or rallies where it's a large group of people. So I want to just run through these directives right quick. It's seven. A lot of the stuff we are aware of, but we want to make sure here in Metro L.A., if you decide to attend a rally, that you've counted the costs and realize what you're stepping into with COVID-19 still evident. First thing is they're saying to just prepare before you participate. What that means is, you know, if you decide to go, please make sure you bring in all your needed supplies. Uh, that's hand sanitizers, face coverings, uh, other personal su uh, supplies you might need, maybe a couple snacks. Uh, so just plan out your day, you know, if you're going to the rally so that you're not ill-equipped or not equipped uh, for things that might arise during that day. So plan out your day. Of course, number two, uh, I said earlier, they're encouraging us to wear a cloth face covering at all times. Uh, and so please make sure you do that. 
Uh, as well, social distancing is three. Make sure you maintain a six foot distance from others that are not part of your household. So if me or Renita and my two daughters go, we can have a cluster of four, but anyone else that we see, we have to maintain that six foot safe distancing between us. Number four is avoid areas where crowds may be congested. Again, that kind of relates to number three, but we don't have, we don't want it to have a situation where, you know, it's 150, 200 people and we're standing arm to arm. That will not be healthy. Uh, if that happens. Number five, they encourage you again to bring sanitizers. Make sure you can wash your hands. Uh, sanitizer needs to be at least 60% alcohol. And so I know a lot of companies are putting out sanitizers now, but make sure uh, at least 60% alcohol with the sanitizers. Uh, make sure if you're sneezing, you, your nose is running, you're getting a cold, stay home. You know, it's not the place to go out with others uh, if you're feeling ill uh, in that manner. Number six is do not share beverages or food with others, except for those in your household. And so, again, a part of planning, bring water, bring a snack, but don't share with anyone outside of your household. Uh, and the final uh, directives from the L.A. County Health Department is, man, if you had close contact within six feet for greater than 15 minutes with non-household members, who are not wearing a face covering, you should consider yourself possibly exposed to COVID-19. And they're recommending that you stay home and self-quarantine if that happens for the 14 days. And so uh, the health department is serious about this because this is a serious situation that we're facing. And so again, we want to make sure, and I appreciate Dr. Dr. Weber providing me with this, but we want to make sure, again, you have counted the cost if you decide to go to the rally. It's going to be a great rally. Uh, it's going to be a combination of, of speakers, uh, singing, uh, a lot of things of that nature. Uh, and so it will be encouraging to be there. But if you decide to go, please count the cost with your decision in that. Brothers and sisters, family, hopefully tonight with what we talked about has been useful, has been beneficial. And uh, again, I am honored to have an opportunity to sit before you and lead this midweek and lead this discussion. I look forward to one day where we look at, we can look back at 2020 and really say, man, you guys remember when? And we can say, yep, we made it through. We lived through it, not only as families, but as a church. We lived through it. We grew. We continue to prosper. That's my prayer. That's why I do what I do. Thank you for this opportunity. I love all of you guys. Have a great evening. Good night. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.